0: Thank you for being here today and welcome to the show. This is the College Investor Audio Show. Before we get into what we're talking about today, please consider subscribing and sharing anything you hear on the podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Today, we talk about a very sneaky practice from most colleges, something that you've got to watch out for and keep in mind. Colleges practicing front loading. Of grants. Let's dive right in, shall we? All right, so maybe this is the first time you've heard of this. Basically, front-loading of grants is kind of a form of bait-and-switch, where a college gives a better aid offer to freshmen than to sophomores, juniors, and seniors. So when a college practices front-loading of grants, the average grant per recipient decreases after the first year, and or the percentage of students receiving grants decreases overall. This means students get smaller grants and or fewer students get grants. So even if a college keeps the grants unchanged, the net price will increase as college costs increase. Are you tracking with me so far? So front-loading of grants causes the mix of grants versus loans to become less favorable after the freshman year. The family's share of college costs increases significantly for upperclassmen, even if their ability to pay for college remains unchanged. Oh, it is sneaky. Let's take a look at some stats concerning front-loading of grants real quick. So more than four-fifths of colleges practice front-loading of grants. That's a lot. Based on an analysis of data from the 2021 Integrated Post-Secondary Education Data System, or IPEDS. IPEDS, data is provided by the colleges and is published by the national center for education statistics nces at the u.s department of education IPEDS data provides two sets of stats one for full-time first-time undergrad students in other words freshmen and one for all undergraduate students and these statistics include these things number one the number of students awarded federal state local institutional and other sources of grant aid 2. The total amount of federal, state, local, institutional, and other sources of grant aid awarded. And 3. The total number of students. Okay. So one can just subtract the figures for full-time, first-time, undergrad students, freshmen, from the figures for all undergraduate students to calculate the figures for upperclassmen. So the ratio of the number of students awarded grants to the total number of students yields the percentage of students actually receiving grants. And the ratio of the total amount of grants to the number of students awarded grants yields the average grant per recipient. Now, let's get to some numbers. More than half, or 54%, of four-year colleges reduce the average grant by at least 1000 bucks. More than three-fifths, or over 60%, of four-year colleges, reduce the percentage receiving grants of at least five percentage points. More than 80% of four-year colleges satisfy either or both of these definitions. Yikes! Public colleges are more likely to practice this front-loading of grants thing. Among public four-year colleges, almost 90% satisfy either or both of these thresholds that we talked about earlier. And among private nonprofit four-year schools, Wow, among private for-profit four-year colleges, it's still 75% practice this. The most selective colleges are less likely than less selective colleges to practice front-loading of grants, although it is still a high percentage among four-year schools that admit less than 40% of applicants, very selective. 70% satisfy either or both of these front-loading thresholds, And among four-year colleges that admit more than 40% of applicants, 83% satisfied these thresholds. We have a chart that you can dive into just to see the numbers for yourself that shows the percentage of four-year colleges reducing average grants by at least each specific dollar amount. You can find this at thecollegeinvestor.com. Let's just name a few of these schools. MIT, Swarthmore, Amherst, Bowdoin, Tulane, Harvey Mudd, UCLA, Georgetown, USC, Carnegie Mellon University, UC Berkeley, even Michigan at Ann Arbor and UNC Chapel Hill do not practice front-loading of grants. That's a good thing. For example, at MIT, there's no change in the percentage receiving grants, and the average grant increases by about 2,000 bucks for upperclassmen. Kind of like an opposite effect. It's like backloading Among the Ivy League colleges, Only Princeton and Cornell don't practice, do not practice front-loading of grants. The others all practice front-loading of grants. One Ivy League institution, who shall remain unnamed, (laughs) has a 16% point reduction in the percentage of students receiving grants. And the average grant decreases by about $12,500 for upperclassmen. Oh, they have one of the lowest graduation rates among Ivy League colleges. Are they proud of this? I don't know. Let's talk about how to tell if a college practices front-loading of grants. You really cannot use a college's net price calculator to determine whether a college practices front-loading or not, since net price calculators are kind of limited to just the freshman year in college. (laughs) It's always going to look good. Instead, you can use the U.S. Department of Education's College Navigator Tool, a link is provided right inside this article at thecollegeinvestor.com to determine whether a college practices front-loading of grants. By the way, all you got to do is go to the website and then just type in front-loading of grants and you're going to find this article. Search for the name of the college inside this navigator tool, then click on the Financial Aid tab in the search results. There's going to be two sets of numbers labeled Full-Time Beginning Undergraduate Students, freshmen, and all undergraduate students look at the percent awarded aid and average amount of aid awarded columns for the grant or scholarship aid rows. A little arithmetic will yield the average grant for upperclassmen for comparison with the figure for freshmen. And we have an example. If you take a look at the article at the collegeinvestor.com, which I talked about earlier, you can find those links and everything, but we take you through the math of a typical college example that you can actually see. So it's really easy to do the math yourself. Let's take a look, let's move on and take a look at the impact of what front loading actually means for you. Front loading of grants may have an initial positive impact on college enrollment since the grants make college seem to be more affordable. <laughs> front loading helps colleges recruit more students, basically. But College retention may fall due to increased costs after the first year. Why do they do this? Because they lose people. I don't understand. The increased costs will disrupt the student's academic progress as they are forced to find other ways to cover the college costs. They may, for example, have to work longer hours to earn more money to pay for college. But students who work a full-time job are half as likely to graduate within six years as compared with students who work 12 hours or less per week. They may also have to borrow more, increasing student loan debt at graduation. So the increase in the net price will have a negative impact on college graduation rates. More students will drop out when they can't afford to pay the college bills or when working longer hours takes too much time away from academics. Front-loading of grants has a negative impact on transfer students, too, who receive less aid than students who started as freshmen. Guess what? All that said, colleges just cannot justify doing this. Front-loading of grants cannot be explained by changes in family financial circumstances. Although some students may qualify for less financial aid because of increased income, most students experience flat family income. Overall, changes in family income do not explain the decrease in average grants. Nor do they explain the shift from grants to loans. Likewise, front loading of grants cannot be explained by non renewable scholarships, as the net impact is relatively small as well, especially when one considers the impact of scholarship displacement. Also, unmet need exceeds 10 grand on average nationwide. Some colleges argue that a very high percentage of their enrollment comes from transfer students and they are less generous to transfer students. Yeah, that might be true, but that's hardly something to be proud of. (laughs) So only 4% of four-year colleges have more than a quarter of their undergrad enrollment from transfer students. They're not doing a very good job at explaining themselves, are they? If you want to dive deeper into this topic and more, we have tons and tons of resources for you at thecollegeinvestor.com. Follow us all over social media too, It's so easy to do. Just search for The College Investor and you'll find us pretty much wherever you are. Please consider subscribing and sharing anything you hear today or on the podcast in general. We would be so honored and thankful if you did that. Thanks again for stopping by today and we will talk to you again real soon.